the time and the The statement that struck me more than anything else was in seven. Participation in network learning changes people fundamentally. And I think if, if that is true, 
um, why is it that that people can't see that? That that it's it's. I mean, if it if it changes people so fundamentally, then then uh, why do people have have trouble seeing the difference between what we don't want our kids uh, and I'm talking about my children to be a part of and what I do want my I can see the difference very easily because I see that fundamental change but I don't know that that the fundamental change of network learning is being articulated and you know if it's so fundamental why is it hard to articulate from my perspective my daughter's 28 and my son's 23 so my daughter and her husband, I have a 10 month granddaughter, so there's a, an element there that concerns me as she grows older. But at the same time, my children don't, they don't understand what network learning is. I mean, my daughter does to a, more to a degree because she works in, in a virtual school. She's a guidance counselor in a virtual school. She understands that network piece. My son at 23, who just graduated from college, he understands Facebook. He's beginning to understand things like LinkedIn, and he's he's starting to now that he has started his job. But I don't think then that they they see that in terms of, of learning because they didn't get that when they were in school. They didn't get that in college. It wasn't part of like networked learning. Justin never related Blackboard to networked learning or. It, you know, it wasn't a conversation. I mean, that's where the assignments were. That's where those things were. So I, I believe that you have a whole group of, of young adults who have small children. They just don't. They don't get it. It wasn't part of them. And I see that in my kids' friends too. They don't. There's not an association there. And I don't know. Maybe if anybody else sees that. But I agree. I have having the two older sons and being in the elementary classroom, I would frequently, as I was starting to implement things, ask them, well, is your teacher doing this? And, what? What? No idea what I was talking about. And for me to feel that I was ahead of them on the technology curve when they were young and in college didn't make any sense to me. How could I know more about some of these things than they did? But they, they, they didn't get it in high school. They didn't get, they're not getting it in college. They're not. They're still doing groups in the classroom where they have to meet up in real time, face to face, to work on a project. You know, and I said, "Well, use Google Docs." She said, "What are you talking about?" For some of us um, who've been involved with this kind of thing for a while now, the, the, the networking to the extent where I probably hear something from almost everyone in this room at least once a week, if not once a day. Some of you once an hour um, or more often. Um, most of our uh, the parents in our school districts do not understand that level of being networked. Um, they are not network learners in this sense that changes the fundamental way in w in which we learn. I mean, I I've learned something from half the people in this. Well, why do we have a our problem expressing there yet. that? You know, I mean, like, how? Do, why do we have a problem if it's so fundamental? Because I feel changed by the process in which I learn. It is different than the process in which I learned in school. I feel, why is it that we have a problem expressing that? You know, that fundamental change. I don't think it's a problem of, oh, go ahead. I don't think it's a problem of communication. I think it's a problem of experience, right? Yeah. How do you talk about, and I'm going to say a word that I'm pissed at right now. How do you talk about Twitter? Right? <laughs> you don't talk about Twitter. You do it. 
Yeah. And then it makes sense, and then you can't imagine not doing it. Or fail to make sense. And I think there's a lot of people that. <laughs> or fail to make sense well, as the case may be. I think in most cases, though, like, like you have this conversation, I've had this conversation hundreds, literally hundreds of times, I think, you know, if you count up the groups and do some division. And, yeah. Um, I, I can't really, I will try to explain it to you. It will go poorly. Yes. I will show it to you. You will do it. You will find me later and say, how did I live without this? <laughs> uh, you know this this and it's not necessarily Twitter but but this constant flow of information that I had some power over right you can't articulate that as well as you can experience it I don't think and I think that's that's the problem or the issue for me is I don't want to describe it without the activity even with the activity it takes time to develop that yeah, but I can say that the sun shines down upon the earth and it touches the leaves and that energy makes the plants grow. Like, that is easier to explain, I think, right? <laughs> and I don't have to go to the sun, which is really too bad. I don't have to go to the sun and fly down and I don't need, right? But there's something... And, and, yeah, you're right. A lot of conceptual things are really important to do as an experience. And so, yeah. When I look around in this room right now, every single one of us in our laptop open, we're, we're dialoguing with others, we're networking, we're, you know, we're using our social networking tools, and yet we are not doing that in our classroom. I, when, Sandy, when you talk about, you know, like, it's, you know, you're doing this, but are your colleagues, can you, can you connect with colleagues under, under your roof? Right. It's not just not not even just the parents that are talking about, the teachers in our schools. How many of them share that level of understanding and learning through the kind of networks that we're really talking about here. You know, one of the things I keep coming back to is initiative. We've all taken the initiative, we're all early adopters. What prevents others from taking that initiative as well? From seeing, okay, I'm not reaching that student using this particular method. What can I do instead? What can, I mean, I, I run into this all the time doing evaluations and struggling learners. It's like they're using the same methods that they always did. It worked for 20 years, it's not working for that student. So what are we going to do I mean, how many people don't know about something as simple as text-to-speech for their readers who are well below grade level there, but need to access grade level text? But I think that you don't know what you don't know. And, and but, there's not a mechanism. Okay? No, it's not okay. There, there's no mechanism in place that really is trying to um, communicate those differences or those new things, because I think schools look at this as a control issue of ultimately. And it's very difficult to empower teachers to, you know, to do. I, I just think from a, you know, from a getting through the day, and I, and I know I'm, I'm speaking pretty, pretty negatively about the system, but I mean, it's just, I think that's just the way it is. From a getting through the day standpoint, without, you know, any problems, without parents calling up, without, you know, this, this, this. You know, I think, uh, I think schools are very happy to let teachers figure this out on their own. And um, you know, if they if they come to it and they can show some good pedagogy around it, then fine. But we're not gonna we're not gonna rock the boat any more than we have to because we're beating AYP most of or the schools that are. And the the assessments that we have in place right now are allowing us to just do the same things that we've been doing for the last fifty years that we're really good it's at. A, it's so a whole like, lot easier to keep the status right. quo than it is to deal with with change that that especially change that not everyone really understands and nobody can control. And I don't think there's anything particularly unique about the people in this room or the people at this conference. I mean, I think every, every person out there has a learning gene, you know, 
But I, I mean, for some reason, I think these types of technologies, they got switched on for us in, in ways. Because I didn't get this from my school. You know, I was teaching when I started blogging seven years ago. It certainly wasn't my new superintendent. I heard about the blog, I'm to check it out. You know? And I don't think that happened to any of us. We came to this on our own. We came to this because we wanted to learn something. Or we found a different way. Or we somehow connected to it. I don't know how, it, I don't even know if that scales. I was writing about that in my blog. Mm -hmm. But how do you deal with traditional parents? Like well, I think, yeah, and, and like how I, I, I reach that, like how we bring them into the conversation, you know? Like well, we we're very working class. We gotta write outside the box. I mean, I, I mean, right, literally. I think we have to publish outside of the education sphere. I think we have to get out of this conversation. We have to get out of the echo chamber. We have to go out. You know, those of us, you know, those of us who who have that, you know, you know, those connections or the capabilities have to do that. I have, a, I have a suggestion. How you get them in the conversations? You invite them to a bar. Okay. You know, which is what which is what we're doing. Which is what we're doing. Which is in my Twitter network I noticed a parent of one of my students followed me. And I and I was curious and she teaches at a um, alternative high school in a nearby town. And so I thought, well this is interesting. And so we became she we, we started to converse and then I started to put pieces together. I had another guy who lives two blocks away who is a thirty year old principal at one of the most impoverished uh, elementary schools in New Jersey. Uh, he's amazing. Lives in my town. Um, then I knew another guy who's in charge of the master's in instructional tech at a local university, teacher prep. Knew him. He's in my network. Okay. And a couple of other folks. Uh, they does curriculum in the, the district the next over. And I said, you know what would be fun? Uh, we're all talking online. Why don't we get together and talk face-to-face -face about what this learning means to us and how we could then take this into our school. And that's what I'll be, after lunch, uh, Kristen and I are doing a session about that. But I really think that most people, I mean, you have to look for, I hate to use this expression because it's extremely unpopular, but you have to look for, you have to make a coalition of the willing. I mean, you have to find the parents that are connected, that want to get started, and work with them. I mean, we, we want the majority. We want to make a big impact, but you got to start somewhere. We had five people come to the first meeting. I don't know if we're going to have a second meeting, if there'll be two or seven, or what's going to happen, but we're doing it, and we're moving forward. And it was at a restaurant, and it was great. Can I ask you a question that ties into this very nicely? Because you're talking about building a face-to-face -face network, right? Yes. There are at least two people in this room. You're one. I believe maybe you're in the second. There may be more. Who get paid to bring people to their body of work in order to share it with them, people who are not part of their organization, right? Like, that's what you do. You build. Like, yeah, well, it goes both ways because I part of my job is to bring people into the fold and help contribute to our journalism, but another part of it is to get our journalists to understand that the public knows a hell of a lot more about whatever they're covering than they do right. to what they don't want. And so it's about for, it's about forging that conversation and forging that relationship so it's as symbiotic as possible and it ends up creating better journalism that leads to better public discourse and better citizenship. And I think if I take journalism out of what you just said yep. and put education that's what in I'm doing for them. right? I mean, you've been building educational networks for a long time too, so I suspect that's there, right? Like, how do we in schools and organizations? How do we do that? Like, we've got a PR director, and I went in the first day I was on my job, and I said, look. Here's what I think we can do. We can turn all this stuff on. We can do this. We can open these things up. You can literally talk to anybody, anywhere, whenever you want to. And he was like, so, um, you work for the IT department, right? Yeah. Could you help me open my email? 
You know, like, yeah. like, so how do we, how do we, how do we do that? How do we create those those things in our organization? If you put a camera like that in every classroom and made what's going on in the classroom available to the community, <laughs> my teachers' union would sue would me. That, well, <laughs> And I'm not saying do that, but I'm just suggesting if you could in some way invite the, the community, the parents, into the classroom to perhaps even be a part of the education, the learning conversation that's going on, uh, either through uh, asking them to Skype in and talk about their, their uh, vacation or their work, asking them to uh, participate in evaluating students' writing, students' uh, multimedias. You know, you invite them into the, the education part of the conversation. Uh, and they might get more involved. Um, I, I have to, I have to I disagree with you, David, <laughs> because if I do that, my parents are going to say it's your job to teach them, not mine. I send them to school for you to take care of that. I did something very similar. We can't do Skype. But I've tried it. I tried it every year in the classroom. Um, inauguration day, we embedded a cover it live in our blog, and parents. Wow. Participated from home. I had two kids who happened to be out sick that day who participated from home. What grade? Fourth. Uh, probably five out of 24. It was the first time I've done it. Um, homework that night, they had to go home though and show their parents the blog. They had to have their parents' job was to comment on the blog if they weren't there. And I've been thinking about oh, doing that on a more regular basis during lessons. So you take away the issue of the camera, because I understand some teachers... Yeah, I Exactly, and I would be a little uncomfortable with it also, even you know, in here, you're kind of like... Oh. <laughs> um, but I think that the cover it live aspect allowed for that conversation. It was real-time conversation. Does everyone know what cover it live is for the Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, did your exactly principal... Yes, we all know. <laughs> did your principal know what you were doing? No. But I did have to get it unblocked that day, so the district level knows. All right, so, so, so and, I, and I, I agree with you that a lot of parents are not exactly. going that, to, that's not their job. They're not going to do it's that. It's not, not their job. Some They're also, teacher, if some parents do, and if some parents start talking outside exactly. the classroom about what they saw happen in, in my child's classroom, mm -hmm. not literally, but what they saw of the products that the students were producing, then they might become interested. Look, I, and how much I, of the I don't digital think, divide I don't think parents do we would watch it? I don't think parents would watch the stream. Number yeah. one, if you just, you know. I think the parents that matter the most wouldn't. The ones that matter the most wouldn't. But I think you have to invite parents into the into the process. I mean, what I did when I taught Secret Life of Bees seven years ago is I started a parent blog, mm -hmm. a parent reading blog, you know, to go along with, it. and the kids hated it, you know, because they'd come home from school. And they'd go, <laughs> you read chapter seven, and they go, oh, "Mom, please." <laughs> no, but the point is, you have to invite. Them. You have to take that stance. Now, that, now, but then that begs the question, how many teachers are ready to invite parents into their class? Right? How many teachers feel comfortable enough to bring parents into the process of whatever they're teaching or whatever, whatever learning is happening in the classroom? And I still think there's a lot of teachers that are very uncomfortable with the idea of opening up a classroom, not only to people in school, but to people outside, you know? And I mean, was that Cover It Live blog open to anybody in the world? It was, actually. Uh, through my PLN, I had yeah, you, uh, you know teachers saying, right? from around the country. And we had the a class. Was that election day? Inauguration day. Yeah. And your parents. Were you there? <laughs> I think you were with one of my teachers. He was like, come look what we're doing. We're doing Cover It Live. Who's your other new? Eric. Yeah, Eric's class was That's so funny. Did your parents, so you actually made an assignment that said their parents had to check and comment on the blog? Mm -hmm. 
They you had, know what? I can't, I well, can't, now, they didn't, I mean, that was the assignment. That's Does every child do homework every night? No. So if they didn't do it, I said, oh, they, they can't do it. And yeah. Exactly. Now, I live in a district where... You would just assign an assignment that I can't access. Well, you, that would be... You, you took that's what my right time. to access to education away by giving me an assignment that I yeah, cannot access. You can't. You could. Right. That's I mean, risky. You could. How you many? Could. No. In my district, how, half of how my many, parents how, could not access that. How many families, when I was district. in school, did not have a set of encyclopedias at home? I mean, I, I'm sure when I was in school, there were fewer parents with encyclopedias at home than parent than uh, parents with internet at home with internet. today. I agree totally, and you went to the library. That was part. You know, I had homework assignments in grade school that was to do research on something, and I had to go to the public library. And you also give children time to do that in school using the libraries and the resources that they have. The teachers who are doing the, res the, the research projects are, are taking the time to bring them to the libraries to use the computers, to the labs to use the computers, and the libraries to use the encyclopedias. I, 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 there, there's no requirements that a child go home and have access to re resources that we are not providing them in schools. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a principal in my district who might talk about things like this because our, that population of that high school is, is sort of, it's, it's on the east side of the tracks in Longmont, Colorado. And um, it, there's a lot of, of lower income families who don't have the access. And they're trying to, to re revitalize the school. They want to create a, a STEM school. And one of the first things that the principal said they were going to do uh, when they did that is that they've got to figure out a way to staff their library until 7 or 8 o'clock at night. And that's not for kids. Mm -hmm. They are not interested yeah. in kids working there after school. Mm -hmm. They're interested in families coming in and you know, there after school. I tried it. I tried it. Yeah. And I funded it. And I had libraries in seven elementary schools all over the um, small city in which I teach open two, two evenings a week until, um, until 9 o'clock at night. And it cost a lot of money. And I had two parents in each library, the same two parents, um, you know, over and over and over again, who are not the parents I needed there. Right. They're not the ones I needed there. Um, and then, t you know, to justify that kind of expense for those two parents is, is difficult. And, uh, yeah, to put it, to put it politely, um, I just don't know that you know requiring this or, or breaking out with these networks to parents who don't know about these networks aren't really interested in them because they're tired when they get home from work and they think the school should be doing the job of teaching my kid and they, they don't necessarily want to get as involved as we all but are with not, these kind of networks. Isn't that exactly what we're saying? That, that we need to get... To I agree. So we need to. So what do we do? I want to go back to something you actually said. <laughs> Maybe we do. Whatever we need to. We could fail our kids. Like someone said in the past. He'll speak to them in English. If, he, if that doesn't work, we'll try Spanish. And if that doesn't work, we'll try Yellish. So maybe we need to assign it. Skip the Yellish. I'm making light of it, that whatever works is what we need to do. See, we um, one of the teachers in our school assigned a PowerPoint presentation, and the parents blew up. And you have 45% that don't have access. I have 95% that do have access. But if you tell them that there's an assignment on the blog, they're like, what if somebody doesn't have access? It's like, oh, I know. Mm -hmm. Exactly which families don't have access. And I don't personally go to their house with my laptop. 
you know, I as a parent will personally go to their house. I'll, I'll volunteer the time. I'm not the only one that'll do it. But that's what they do. They take an excuse and say, oh, but what if somebody doesn't have access? And it's like, you know what? Verizon and Comcast have this whole place covered. I know you all have email accounts. You tell me about the, you send me sites and email. I know you have access at home. Like, don't tell me you can't do a PowerPoint presentation. You can't get to a website. But they do it all the time. It's like some sort of excuse that they don't have to actually turn the computer on. I don't understand. My, my dog eating my cable motor doesn't sound as good. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, you know, there's, there's, there's all these excuses. The thing that I love about, about, about TFA and, and that I love about Kip, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a will and an assertion that I wish mm -hmm. that, that more um, uh, progressive educators that I know would, would make is that by God, we're going to take a stand, and this is the this is where we're going to go, and it can't happen. And that's some so you, that also gets into like blind optimism and makes me want to throw up a little bit. But but as a general rule, like you, you just sort of say, yeah, you're right, it's going to be hard. Yeah, some of it's not going to work. Uh huh. We're going to uh huh. Uh huh. That's okay. You know, and you move forward from there. You say it long enough, and it and, and it happens. Well, it becomes it's, a standard. Yeah, it becomes okay. Standard. I think what we're what we're what one of the things that we're looking for here at this conference, and in the conversations we all engage in, is what does the classroom look like where those students do not want to make those excuses, where those where those students want to, want to do the PowerPoint presentation or whatever. What kind of assignment uh, you know, makes them want to be a part of it? What? The, the help from the parents that they don't It's the parents that don't. Yeah. Can I, can I ask you a question? Um, hi, everybody. Sorry. Hi. <laughs> I feel like I should be in the fourth to participate. How many people do go to those parents' house? I mean, you, you've said, I will come to your house with my kids. How many times? And, 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 and for the parents that you wanted at the libraries that didn't show up, I mean, did you go to those houses? I mean, because there are five parents I can think of who I need to talk to. That's great, Zach. There's five parents that you need to, and you're in a school with with 350 kids. Unfortunately, most of us are dealing with high schools with 3,000 kids and each teacher having 212 students. And you know what? I can't go to 22 kids' houses. I can't do it. Big five. Big five, and then those parents become your best friend. We started... Or they call the police on me. <laughs> One or the other. Otherwise, it's a good story in this conference. Um. <laughs> you know, that gives me an idea. You know what we have in our school, and uh, a lot of your schools probably have this, is math night for the parents. Nobody shows up. Well, here's you know, some people, they do show up. We have a good amount of people that show up, but maybe I can have the technology night. I don't, people won't show up to that, but at least I can offer it. No, no, no. He's no. actually saying something very, very different. He's not asking... He's not saying ask them to come to you. He's go to them. to them. Go to them. And, and I think if you did the traveling uh, technology night in a, in a few people's houses, I actually think he's right. It's a, it would be a very different event, right? But if you showed up with an hour of t with an hour and a, and a portable motor and just spend some time at a board party, because the point uh, yeah, exactly. A the board. club that you go to. <laughs> wireless broadband. I, 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 really I, long ether. Yeah. It's a thing. Like I'm, like you know, I'm the the technology person, so people are like, it's my email, you know, so like, I don't know if they'll use me as like, you know, free tech help when I get there. So, but they, then they know you're a person. I mean, that's the key, is that, that we are school. We are, I am not Zach Chase to parents unless I become Zach Chase to parents. I am Mr. Chase who teaches in that room and does something with my child related to the language of English. 
And, and if, but until I become a person to them, nobody's going to show up. We start parent night. Is there a computer they'll check my website and make a comment? Or yes, because yeah. you'll learn a relationship. I actually think you're right about that. Can I ask another question? Sure, because I'm selfish. Sure. Uh, I work for a school district, and I no longer have a school connection. I have a 44 schools connection. And so somewhere between the classroom and the school and the district, I don't really have good avenues for, for like, hi, parents. I want to help you. And I feel like I'm a guy who's pretty online, right? Like, and I, I talked to some folks in the, in the district, but what, what do you do to, to make those parent connections to from the district level? Away from yeah. the classroom? Like, how do I get to go to somebody's house and do a technology night? I'm going to say that it's, I've got this plan. My kids are in a different district than the one where I work. So maybe my job is not to keep trying to change the district where I work but try to get involved more in my community where I live and get those parents together from the parent side. Yeah. I mean, I talk to parents and they say, yeah, I just, I wish there was something different. You know, my kid likes math and science, but I don't think they're getting as much as they could. Well, then do something about it, but they don't know what to do. So I'm going to work from that side. I so can't keep trying to change my district. My principal's doing good things. Maybe it's moving along. But I'm going to focus on the district where I live and the people in my community build my network that way. If they don't know about Facebook, fine. Then let's talk about it and have a community that way to push into education instead of trying to push education out. What are you currently doing? What do you mean? Connect with parents? I don't really have a charge in my day that says connect with parents. Oh, no, I know. So you well, no, I know. I don't know, man. I talk to I teach classes, I'm in classrooms, right? That's a good point. But I don't want them. I have like 15 30 minutes later than it started. I was not supposed to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When I was a classroom teacher, my blog was where my parents and I talked about like their kids. Like they would write me a comment and say, I need to talk to you about Danielle. And I would email them back and we would have, you know, Same a phone call. Like that was that was how I connected with parents, right? right? And now it's just doing a But how how do I how do I go up and how do you, do you just show up at like back to school line and say, Hi, I I work for the IT department of the district. I'd like to talk to you in your home. <laughs> that seems pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> talking about this last night. A lot of these tools that we're using right now, I mean, we figured out how to use them, and we use them in other subversive ways to kind of people's attention. Right. You know, my, one of the things that's in the back of my mind right now is, can I, should I say, set up a Facebook group for right. the Little Poinette Parent Teachers Association? You know, I, I'm admittedly out there manipulating people's attention. I know how to do this. I know how to build these things. Um, should I go out and do that? You know, uh, you know. Do I have? Am I going to have to get like nasty in there? Wisconsin nasty is a totally different kind of nasty. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're really, really, really nice, but, but, but exactly. <laughs> what? What's the downside to going out and creating a Facebook group? Except that I might be the principal here. Exactly. But you know, and, and I have to. I don't know where that line is. Am I being too passive? I, you know, that, that that's that that. Our students are passive is one thing. Our parents are passive is, is like an old new thing. 
And then, then I'm a new parent in this thing, and I'm admittedly passive. I haven't gone in and yelled at my kid's teacher yet. But, um, yeah. Yeah. but you know what? That's a good point. I can do that. I like that like idea about, because everybody knows me. It's not going to be creepy for me. People don't, you know. Everybody knows me. Right. right. Um, but I can get to know them better. I don't know. I'm creeped out by it. Um, reaching people with the technology that they use. Because don't pretend right. that these parents aren't using technology. They're just at different sites. They're using it in different ways. And if I have to splinter the brand of Chatham Park families, then I will. So I have a lot of parents friending me on Facebook, and I never thought about making a Chatham Park group. Why not? I don't know. That, that, and that's, uh, I paid a little bit more attention to Facebook in the last four or five months, and yet it's all of you guys. But there's this whole other thing of other people I know that are friending me. John, it's got to be on the professional case. I don't know. Um, I mean, I haven't read this, so I don't know what kind of research there is behind any of this or, or what there is to back it up. But number 27 says that these conversations want to talk to each other. Parents, schools, teachers. And I question that. Um, I don't necessarily know that parents want to um, want to hear it anymore because all they hear is the same things that we're complaining about as teachers they hear AYP they hear standardized testing they hear from us all the time the test is on Friday make sure you have a good breakfast and all of that kind of thing um, I don't necessarily know that, that those conversations um, that they want to have them. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I think those conversations should be happening because I don't think that all of our parents really understand what it is that's happening in our schools. And I don't think that um, all of our teachers really understand the conversations that parents do, want to and need to have. Do they go to their children's um, Little League ball games? They do. do. Do they go to the uh, uh, piano recitals? You know, they want to see their children performing. You know, perhaps one way of getting those parents in is to have a web presence, but have that web presence be a virtual museum of relics of student learning, exciting, interesting relics of student learning. And, and they want to see their children perform. You know, we have avenues today where we could do that. I think so often some of these parents that we accuse of not wanting to talk have had negative experiences themselves in school <laughs> and education. They've had negative experiences talking to their children's teacher because it's usually because their child's not behaving or not doing well. And it's like going to the dentist if you have bad teeth. You don't want to go. So we need to make it a little bit more positive and safer. And I think that you know that may mean doing something like a fun night or um, you know a book club with the parents or something where you can get them involved where it's not, not pressure on them where you're expecting them to do something or be something. Oh, I actually want to go back to something that Will said, and I don't often go back to something that Will said, so this is a big deal for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to publicly say that. But, um, actually, two things. One thing that we, before I do that, one thing that we found out about our, our actually, this is from my own experience as a member of the PTA, and, and our, our PTAs in our, in our school district and bomber boosters and all the rest of the organizations. The people who are running those are not necessarily the people that ever learned how to manage organizations. 
And I think that, for instance, the woman who's the president of the elementary PTA sat in my office and said it took her three years to figure out how to run an organization because nobody was there to help her figure out how to communicate, how to do this, how to run a meeting, how to vote. So part of it on my shoulders then became, okay, what do I have to do to provide the avenues for that organization for those people to learn the skills? The other part of that is my own experience in the PTA with the 12 angry women is who I call them, and I've called them that to their faces. <laughs> the same 12, I have a lot of friends in the community. But the, the, which is the same 12 women who show up at the PTA meetings, who bitch that nobody else ever shows up at the PTA meetings, don't actually reach out to anybody else other than their same 12 people to participate. But that's a home of the show. But going back to, and what do I need to do actually as an administrator to help them get out of that hole that they dug themselves? Going back to something that Will said had to do with the teacher that doesn't want to open the door and or communicate. He was talking a little while, he started to allude to the teacher doesn't, maybe doesn't want to actually communicate with the parents. Why aren't they opening the door? Why aren't they doing this? If I open the door in my classroom, I start communicating with parents, parents are going to ask questions. If parents ask questions, I'm going to have to actually justify what I do, and if I have to justify what I do, I'm actually going to be found out that I don't know how the hell to be accountable for what it is that I'm doing in the classroom. Okay. So all of this goes back down to teaching teachers to be confident in their classroom practice, that every decision that they're making about teaching and learning is something that they will actually defend. And then once I'm comfortable with that, and I can go back and forth with a parent and explain something, get feedback from them, um, maybe change something based on something that they say to me, if I'm not confident enough to do that, I ain't opening the door to anybody. I, I agree with most of what you're saying there. Okay. But, like, we don't let politicians get away with Oh, uh, you don't have to tell us that about that legislation until later, right? Like, we don't allow that to be an acceptable answer. I'm not saying they don't get away with it. Yet they get away with it all the time. This is a really nice piece of technology. I'm going to put it in my closet now, and you're never going to see me use it again. We allow it to happen. It happens in my school every day. That's, Do not say that my school district is a perfect place and or the place that's using. I'm the most technologically literate person in this school and I as the assistant superintendent and I'm running to my teacher saying, will you use the digital camera please? But it, it, it's they, teachers and the structure of education, we continue to allow it to happen. We as administrators allow it to happen. We as educators allow it to happen. We let people to make choices not to change. And we enable it. I completely agree with you. That's what I'm saying. Like, why do we allow it to be okay? Like, what's different about a public employee of a public school and a publicly elected representative, right? Like, the kids make it a little funky, but what they're doing is... You have tenure. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I'm... Like, <laughs> you don't. No, no, you the don't. average classroom the teacher average does. The average classroom teacher does, and, what's you know... So, um, so it cost me $320,000 to get you out of the classroom. But, but how much does it cost for it to be a more public and open space? Exactly. So, so why? There's gatekeepers that you can't get past right now. Can we Who are they? Let's identify them. Let's slay them. You know what? I, I'm so behind that whole concept of um, let's slay them. But, yeah, because um, the, yeah, the whole and and again, kill the mothership may be a little extreme, but again, maim it. Um, 
that's probably the thing that will take most out of this, out of the last three days, is you know, maim that mothership and getting teachers to change, getting teachers to change practice, whether it's communicative practice, um, teaching practice, learning practice, um, their own uh, communication outside the classroom, is very difficult to change. To, on, on a large scale it's easy for me to get into one teacher and work with one teacher and say I know some really great things you can do and I can do that one by one by one I can't force the 422 teachers in my classroom to do anything because the moment I do that um, th those gatekeepers kick in I think and you can I think, I, think, I think it could be done. It's not going to be done by persuasion. It's not going to be done by convincing everybody they need to change. It's going to be done by just simply going into every single classroom and taking every piece of paper out of that classroom and say, no books, no paper, no nothing. You've got computers. Figure out how I to teach. I can't do that. I, I know, but that's, that's the... I want to. Mm -hmm. There's no question. I, know, I want to I do that, David. I can't but, do but it. This is filled with humanity. I, I, I mean, I, the, this document and the ideas that you're talking about are so filled with humanity. If we come away from Educon with the biggest idea being maim the mothership and not use our humanity to better everything around us well, by I creating something, I, that to me is, is a bad lesson that we have learned. Well, I want to use my humanity. Exactly. For teachers especially... Um, I took away all the, the, the PTO and my, my our PTO before we, I came on board handed out, seriously, so much paper. The teachers were like bogged down by it. And not only were they bogged down, but it's like, you know, if any of us have been in the classroom, the, the papers end up on the floor and the teachers are saying over and over, you have to bring that paper home to your parents. So I took that away so that they don't have to worry about that anymore. So you need to take something away to put something else in its place. So you can't just say, okay, you have to get online. You have to make some other process convenient, gone, like something else. You have to like make their lives easier some way before you can ask them for this. You know? I think one of the issues in, in the whole entire conversation having to do with change is the word change. And I, I take, I take issue with specific words and language that we use in education sometimes. For instance, I take issue with the word integration. I think integration is taking something and stuffing it into an already existing system that works instead of actually changing the system. The problem that I have with the word change is change um, says that we've got something that's oh so completely wrong and we have to do it completely differently rather than evolving what we do to make it better. Because not everything that we're doing is wrong and we don't have to flip it over to something else to completely change it. And I think when people hear the word change, they go, what? I have to change my practice, I have to change it and it's gotta be completely different? No, we have to evolve what we do to continue to hone our practice. And that's what makes us better. So is reform more palatable? Reform is more no, I like that integration word. I like that. Yeah. All, all the no. words have some pretty. <laughs> right. So I can't. I don't usually, technology. Thank you. I don't usually like try to to make some sort of a, a large point in things because I'm not that bright. Yeah. But I will do in this session say I can't fix all those other things. But there are two things that I heard today that I can go do. The first is figure out a way to get into a parent's house. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you have that on tape, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I got a crowbar. Wearing proper identification and, and 
okay, so never mind. <laughs> to, the, the second is, I can work to open up those classrooms, right? Open up the and classrooms. And it's, it's probably not, it's probably not like getting kids into the classrooms. I, I can get to the servers in our district, mm -hmm. you know? What can I do there? If they have purpose to run with it. On different days, I do. Yeah. My favorite is number four. Okay. Yeah. I don't really know what that is. It's meaning what we're doing online subverts, gets underneath no, okay, all of these issues that we, we struggle with, you know, about the administrators, the gatekeepers, no, the all of that other stuff. I added into that hyperlinks subvert uh, hierarchy, they, uh, they hyperlinks enable us to reshape our own hierarchies. It's not just that it subverts it, but we, we become in control of it. But you don't have to go with the crowbar into your parents' house. It, 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 it is, it's a subversive thing, but if you can start using these things, you know, start with your friends, start with people in the community, start with these things. Uh, and you know how we're knocking on each other's attention every day with Twitter. What happens when you start using these tools that we're using in this echo chamber? with the people outside of it. And, and my question is still there, but we're not going to answer. Maybe it's the parents. You know, maybe we don't change all of the teachers. Maybe we don't change the students. Maybe we don't go after administrators. I'll let everybody else do that. My big question is, do I start talking to my parents? And Yes. Yeah. What? Administration. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll finally figure out how to get this one to work on the projector. No, I was at home.